All right. Now the fun. No, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. Hey, now that the uh, younger kids are gone, all right, we are, we're going to shift gears here a little bit and come at you teens and your parents, your spiritual brothers and your spiritual sisters that are out here. Because we're all part of the family of God, whether we're physical parents or physical aunts and uncles or physical brothers and sisters, we all have a responsibility to those that are younger than us in the family of God, in the church, in, the, in, in this place, all right? Now listen, being a kid today is tough, right? I mean, man, the teenagers, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? right? You're dealing with it. You guys are dealing with it. There are, there are things that children that are, that are junior high and our, our high school students that are they're, they're going through that we just couldn't even imagine while we were growing up, right? We couldn't even imagine it, right? There, there's video games and there's YouTube videos of people playing video games, right? It's just weird things happening in this world, right? And there's social media. I mean, I definitely didn't have to learn TikTok videos and dances in school, right? Along with math and science. I didn't have to learn how to do TikTok videos to be cool, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And on top of all that, COVID all right, the, the, the tensions that are in our country that our, that our kids are, are definitely feeling, right? And listen, guys, right, if we don't think that the kids are feeling those pressures and those, those tensions and those political issues, they're feeling them and experiencing them before we are and probably at a greater level, right? Even the littlest ones that went downstairs, right? So we're kidding ourselves if we, if we think we, they're not dealing with those things, Right? And all of this adds up to a pretty tough childhood and teen years. And that is where you come in. Right? The, the rest of us, it's where we come in as, as those parents, as those spiritual brothers and sisters, as uncles and aunts, the older people in the room. Right? right? That's where we come in as part of the squad of God, the family of God. We are not just men and women of God. Right? We're the family. And so we got to look out for each other. we got to be there for each other. we got to stand up and help each other. Right? Every one of us has someone that looks up to us as a spiritual parent, as a, as a spiritual brother and sister, as, a, as someone, right, to have this, help them have this lifelong reliance on God. Even the, even the teens, right? You have people that are looking up to you. In Psalm chapter 145, verse 4, it says this. Take a look. It says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. It's very, very clear. It is a biblical duty of every generation of Christians to see to it that the next generation. Right? The generation behind them hears about the mighty acts and the power of God. Listen, God does not just come in and drop a new Bible with every new generation, right? right? He doesn't do that, right? He intends that the older generations will teach the newer generations to read and to think, to trust, and to obey, and to rejoice, Right, to, to, like we said to those, those young ones, to be an example and to change the world and the things that you say and the things that you, you do and the way that you live and the way that you love in your faith and in your purity. 
Listen, if, if, if it's true that God draws near personally to every new generation of believers, right, it's true. But he does it through uh, the biblical truth that we learn from the preceding generations. Right? So we have, we have some work to do. We really do, right? As biological parents, as those brothers and sisters in the family of God, as, as uncle and aunts in the of God, however we want to put it, we have some work to do. Whether we're in high or high school, there's people younger than us, and we can always lead up, you teenagers, right? We can always help be an example to those that are older than us as well, right? We have a, a duty to guide each other and these kids, right? The ones who just left and went downstairs. We have a duty to guide and to help the, the teenagers, some of who you're sitting next to right now, right? That they can change the world, that they can... Um, be an example to this world, not by their power, but by the power of the Spirit of God that's within them. Right, so, so how do we do that? That's the, that's the million-dollar question, right? So how do we do that if we're trying to do that ourselves as junior high and high school students? Or how do we do that as, as the parents and spiritual parents of this congregation? How do we do that? Well, listen, God's made it pretty easy for us, right? He's given us a way. We have measures Right? Things that we try to become here at the foundry, that we work toward every day. And they spell out this word. Actually, take a look, right? Forged, right? This isn't by accident, right? right? This is, these are things that we want to become. And it's also how we help the next generation realize, like we talked about, that they're not too small or too insignificant or too young to be world changers, to do big things in this world. In the name of God. Listen, right? This is what we want to become as disciples of Jesus. People who are forging their life on God. And get this, right? These, these six measures are our guideposts on how we can best equip our kids and our students for the journey that they are on. Right? Let me, let's break it down a little bit and show you how we can uh, implement these into our own kids' life. The first one, right? The F, focused on God's kingdom, right? Focused on God's kingdom. In the world that we live in, a world consumed with, with just self, this one right, can be a little tricky for children to grasp. Right? Heck, it's a, it's a little tricky for us adults and, and, and teenagers to grasp, right? If we are guiding each other, guiding children to focus on the kingdom of God, this simply means that we're helping kids, we're helping each other learn about priorities, Right? It is our responsibility to teach our kids what matters and what does not matter. Both teach them and show them by the ways we live, right? By, by us ourselves having the right priorities. It is our job to show them what the main thing is, the thing that, that trumps everything else and always will, right? Let me, let me give you an example. In high school, my life revolved around sports. I know, a shocker, right? I use sports illustrations every week, right? It revolved around sports, right? If I wasn't on the wrestling mat, I was on the football field. I wrestled every day of the year except for maybe Christmas Day. We had a full set of wrestling mats in our basement, 
right? I had major goals to letter in, in football and wrestling all four years and get a scholarship to college. I, I worked out more than I ever had. I studied film of all my wrestling matches and football games. I memorized plays for both my team and the other team and all their moves and what kind of moves I could have that would work against them in the best way. I even had a nutritionist, right? How times have changed, right? <laughs> How times have changed, right? I didn't eat a Little Debbie until I was a senior in high school after my last wrestling match. Now Little Debbie and I, we're, we're always hanging out, right? It's crazy, right? Times have changed. But, but then something happened when I was in high school, right? Something happened, right? My, my high school started having football practices on Sundays. Now, now sports, they were a huge part of my life. A huge part of my life, but they were not the biggest part of my life. Right, the, the biggest and the most important, my, important part of my life was my faith. It was the, the kingdom of God. So the, through the guidance of, of my parents and of my church family, my, my squad, right, my church squad, right, I went to my high school football coach and I said, I love playing football, but if it means missing church, I can't and I won't be there. Now, luckily, my, my coach was understanding and let's face it, right, I was a stud, so the coach changed the practice, right? Now, the point of the story is this, right? I learned how to prioritize the most important thing above all else from my parents, from my spiritual brothers and sisters, from my spiritual parents in the church, from my squad, and my other squads in life, the football team, my friends, right? They accepted it. They respected it. And if they didn't, I still had the acceptance and the respect of the ultimate squad, right? the, the family of God, the only squad that really matters. Right? Real quick, parents, tuck your toes in under your chair, all right? because I'm going to step on them for a minute here. All right? Extracurricular activities, sports, drama, clubs, scouting, instruments, I don't know, orchestra, I guess, right? All of those things are important. They're important. They are vital, I believe. They really are, right? I coached football for years, right? They are vital. They are super important. They can be the, the most amazing tool that teaches discipline, hard work. They teach that sometimes the world is broken and you lose. And they're also one of the best principles and tools to teach the spiritual truths that we talk about each Sunday, right? They really are, right? One of the best tools that are out there. However... And we're just being honest here, right? The trouble comes when these things, these tools, take the priority over the kingdom, over spiritual growth, over hearing the gospel, right? And our kids and our students, they learn this from us, right? Sports and all the extracurricular activities, for that matter, should be used as the tools that they are and not the final goal, right? The final goal is this. Take a look. A child who follows Jesus and prioritizes his kingdom above all else, full stop, period, right? That's the goal. A child who follows Jesus and prioritizes his kingdom above all else. Doesn't mean everything, you know, that other stuff's not important, because it is, and it helps you do this, but it's a tool, Right? It's a tool. One of my favorite current preachers that is out there right now is Matt Chandler from Dallas. And he puts it like this. He says, way too often, 
All right, it's actually up there. I'm going to read it from up here. Way too often, it's easy for us to sacrifice our kids or rather disciple our kids on the altar of athletics and all that other stuff, right? On the altar of athletics, but there's something greater than, something that is going to live far beyond their athletic career, even if they are part of the 3% that make it to the pros, right? There's something that is greater than all of that. Even if they are the 3% that makes it to the pros, the thing that is greater is their eternal relationship with Jesus, right? If they're forging their life on God or not, that's the most important thing, right? Kids, students, junior high, high school students, listen, that's your goal, right? I know, right? You want to change the world. This is the foundation, Right? That's the foundation. We're, look, take, take a look at this next slide. Right? We are guiding our kids to keep the main thing the main thing because it is the only thing that matters. High school, junior high students, that's how you change the world. You're keeping the main thing the main thing because it's the only thing that matters. And once we do that, we have our priorities in the right place, we get to move to the O. And that's this, owning our spiritual growth. If we're striving to be forged, we got to own our spiritual growth. Now, this one is a little tricky because some of our kids are not old enough to own anything, right? Like the guys that went downstairs, they don't own nothing, right? right? They're blessed to have what they have, right? 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 They're not responsible enough to put their shoes on the right foot right now, right? How can they own anything, right? So this one is really for us, uh, the older kids out here and the biological parents out there. This means owning your child's spiritual growth, all right? Just as I say to you guys, own your spiritual growth. Like, I can't own it for you. The foundry can't own it for you. We'll help you. We walk, walk alongside you. You have to own it for your kids as well. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says this, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves, it says. Right? Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them, it says, again and again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are, are going to bed and what you're getting up. Talk about these things, right? Tie them to your hands and wear them on your, your forehead as reminders, Get a tattoo up there, right? <laughs> Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Right? The biblical pattern is for parents, our mothers and our fathers, right? It's not to relinquish the control as the primary teachers and shapers of their children's mind and heart, right? Not even to the church. We don't relinquish that even to the church, right? The, the biblical pattern is for parents to impart to their children a God-centered, a Bible-centered, a Bible-saturated vision for all of life, a life that is forged on God, right? We often, we often fail uh, to teach our children not just because we lack understanding of what needs to be taught, right? That's usually the excuse, like, well, we don't really know, Right? Right? That's not how we fail, but, but, but we, we fail because we don't take time to plan to teach, right? 
right? It's just like anything else in life, right? We need, to, we, need to, we need to plan it. We need to prioritize it. We can take a hint from the local schools, right? The, the teachers have planning days all the time where you have to figure out how to, right, what to do with your kid, right? When you go to work, right? They have planning days. We need planning days too, right? Periodically, think of it like this. Periodically, I'm sure that you, you feel guilty that your, your, your kids or, or your students, they're growing up so fast, right? right? You look at them and you think, oh my goodness, where does the time, where does it go, right? right? How can they be so old or what, how can they, oh, they actually behave today. They must be growing, right? right? They, we, we think like that, right? We, we think that they're, they're growing, but, but we never sit down for 15 minutes and plan a strategy to take 10 minutes a day to teach them the most important truths in the world, you know? Right, parents, it is, it is your duty to teach your child about the truths of our creator, of our, of our loving father, uh, and the death and the burial and the powerful resurrection of Jesus, God in the flesh, to teach them of the work of the Holy Spirit, the nature and the importance of the church. It's our responsibility, the squad of God, right? And the, the inspiration and the authority of the Bible. It's your responsibility, right? It is, it is a, a, a great hindrance to our children that we do not sit down and plan a, a battle plan of during family devotions for a few minutes each day. And you don't got to make it weird. I probably shouldn't have even put family devotions in there. My dad hated that word, right? He's like, that's weird, right? Just talk at dinner a few, few minutes, right? Ask a question, right? That's all you got to do, right? What'd you learn this? show you, right? That's it, right? Yes, the church will help. Other brothers and sisters, other, other uncles and aunts, spiritual parents will come alongside you. That's why we, we send packets home each week for you, right? That's why we have resources. That's why we pray for one another. But the truth is, one hour a week is nothing compared to the day in and day out opportunities you have to teach your child about the saving and powerful grace of Jesus. All right, some parents say, well, I don't want to push church on my kids. I don't want them to turn away. Now, there's, a, there's an old preacher uh, response to that, and it goes like this. Right? Do you, you probably have heard it, right? Do you make your kids brush their teeth? Right? Yes, right? When it's cold outside, do you make them wear a coat? Right? When they're sick, do you make them take medicine? Those things are saving their teeth. They're, they're helping their health. Right? You push them on those things. Why would we do anything less than the, on the one thing that can save them for all of eternity? Right? The most important thing. Right? Now, teens and junior high students, we can own our faith. We're old enough. Right? Be an example. Read your Bible. Study the word. Right? It just takes a few minutes a day. It's a prayer in the morning. A sincere, Lord, I serve you. I forge my life on you. Help me to remember that I've given my life to you and that you have your spirit in me and I can do what I need to do. And then we move on to the R, which is responsible for inviting others. Right? Now, I think this is one of the easiest ones for the little kids. All right? And for some reason, it gets harder and harder as we get older, right? So we might want to take a lesson 
from the kids that just went downstairs. Right? For example, have you ever been to a public playground with a group of little boys? Right? You guys know where I'm going with this, right? You, you go to a, a playground with a group of little guys, and they find something weird, like a weird bug or a, a weird stick or a weird leaf or a weird mud puddle that just looks like something weird. Literally anything weird, right? Right? And these little boys will run around telling everyone they know and everyone they don't know about the weird thing they found, right? And they invite you to come back and take a look at this weird thing. It's their gospel, right? It's their gospel. It's their good news, and they're proclaiming it, right? right? Little boys will invite any person they meet to anything that is remotely interesting. Parents, we, we need to encourage this in our children, Right? especially when it comes to church, to the faith, to forging our life on God. Right? If they want their friends to come to church, make it happen. Right? Encourage it. You know, it was a, a rule in my house growing up that I had to have a sleepover on Saturday. Right? That someone had to come and sleep over at my house, uh, whether my sister had somebody or I had somebody. It was just, you know... A fun thing. So we always had a sleepover on Saturday night. And that's because whoever stayed in the night at our house had to come to church with us on Sunday morning. Right? So my parents, they encouraged me to invite others to my home and into my faith. Right? And I baptized some of my, my, my friends growing up because my parents let me bring them to church. And they didn't make it weird. Right? It was just a sleepover. Right? And a promise to, to take us out to the Pizza Hut buffet after church. Right? That was the selling point, really. Yeah, right? When they had the Pizza Hut buffets, right? All right, so, so tell your kids, have a sleepover, right? All right? Take them out for pizza afterwards, right? Let, I don't know, Chipotle now. I don't think there's pizza buffets anymore. All right? Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Right? If, if your child wants to be an ambassador, encourage that in them. Equip that in them. Show them how to do it boldly. Next, we have the, the G, and that is growing as a leader worth following. Right? I, I think this one was written especially for kids. Right? One of the things that Christina and I pray for for our future children after we pray that they would love Jesus is that they would be leaders. And we pray that weekly. Right, we want our kids, it's easy in this world to fall in line. And you parents know this way more than I'll ever know this, right? It's easy to fall in line behind what everyone else is doing, to fall in the pack. But that's not always the best thing, right? Listen, there, there is a trend right now where kids are literally taking bathroom sinks off the walls in their school. And it, it's, it is funny. And seriously, I have, I have so many questions, Right? We'll talk afterward, all right? I have so many questions, like, like who came up with this idea? What do, you, what do you do once the sink is off of the wall? Seriously, right? It's, a, it's this huge problem that's happening around the country, and all I can think about is, is the questions that I have, like, does it fit in your backpack? Like, do you put it in your locker, right? Do you have to carry it around all day? Again, just so many questions. It's weird. But the truth is this, as, a, as biological, as spiritual parents, brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God, uncles and aunts, part of the squad, right, we should be encouraging our kids to go against the grain, right? right? Encouraging them not to be the guy that pulls the sink off the wall, 
right? Rather, to be the guy that, that stops the dummy from pulling the sink off the wall in the first place. Encouraging them not to be the guy who's making fun of the, the kid sitting by themselves at lunch, but to be the, the kid who sits down with that lonely guy. To encourage them to, to cross the boundaries, not to cross the boundaries with the opposite sex, and to encourage them to respect one another. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved now, it is the very power of God. Right? It's the very power of God. Leaders sometimes do things that the rest of the world thinks is crazy, but following Jesus never is. If you're in junior high, if you're in high school, listen, that's how you change the world. Right? That's the power that you have available to you. Even if the world thinks it's crazy, it's not because it's the most ultimate power that there is. It's forging a life on God, the power of God. This is the goal of our kids as they're growing, as, as we move into different stages. And it's the goal, if, you, if you're a teen that's sitting here or watching online right now, to be a leader, to be someone worth following. And then we have the E. And that's embracing Christian community. Right? For, for, for our kids, it's about a couple things. First, it's about, about choosing friends wisely. Right? The, the people that our, our kids choose to surround themselves with is incredibly important. Right? More important than you probably know. Right? Listen, our, our kids are, are, are receiving messages from every angle these days. And again, you parents know this better than I do, Right? And if, if their friends are, are reinforcing the wrong messages, our kids will have troubles. Right? So it is our duty to, to ensure that our children are surrounding themselves with friends who will reinforce the right messages, the true message, the message of Jesus. And if you are in a group of friends, and you, you have the responsibility to help be that light. To, to be that right resource and right connection. Right? I, I'm not saying that our kids need to be in a holy huddle, but I, I'm saying that they need to have a core group of friends or, or, or the family of God that reinforces the message of Christ in their life and doesn't tear it down. Right? It is not just happening. It's not just a part of our job to, to protect them. It's to steer them in, in a different direction, to guide them to find Christian friends, or to lead their friends to Jesus, right? In the squad of God, we do difficult things, and that's one of those things, right? Leading each other to the foot of the cross, leading people who don't know yet Jesus to become a part of the family, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says this, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character, embracing Christian community means that our children surround themselves with good company, that they are a part of a squad of God. They are a part of the family of God because that good character only builds up good character, not the other way around. And that brings us to the final letter, and that's developing a servant's heart. And this goes back right, to, our, to our skit and to the, the lesson there that the kids are, are learning and that they're digging into downstairs right now. Right? We are never too small to make a difference in the kingdom of God. You are never too young to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Right? You can sign your children up to serve in the church as junior volunteers and, and foundry kids or in the nursery. 
right? There's some that went down there today to help, right? Right, if you're a teen right now, let me, let me know if you want to help with those little or smaller kids and we can connect you downstairs. You can serve in the, with the kids downstairs and in the nursery as a leader. I'll connect you with Victoria, right? Emily Stitt, she's been helping down there, right? Uh, our parents, bring your kids to the food pantry and show them what it means to provide for the least of these, right? Parents, um, while you serve on, uh, on ministry teams, bring Bring them with you. Bring the kids with you. It's a family affair here at the Foundry. Our best hospitality person is Allie Craft, right? She's learning how to be a servant, right? And according to the Bible, leadership, true leadership, is servanthood. And Allie is a servant, right? And so therefore, she is a great leader in the family of God here at the Foundry, right? Right? It's amazing what our kids are doing, right? Evie, uh, she's downstairs right now, but she's back there in the booth. No offense to you, Tyler, but she's probably the best one back there, right? 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 She knows it more than, more than any, right? Right? Omar, right? Tito, right? Doing his thing. You might have seen on Fox 5 this news this week, right? It was on our Facebook. Serving the community, right? Educating and sharing principles and truth and and help and just encouragement. This is where we learn from these guys, right? They're doing it, right? Right? Gretchen and Austin helping all summer long in the food pantry, right? John and Michael and Patrick dishing out food at the food pantry each week, right? The boys who literally fight to grab the flags by the busy road, right? (laughs) Dylan, Barrett, and Franklin, right? One of these days, we probably should watch them, all right? Lucas and Mateo, right? They're on vacation this week, but, but listen, at our last baptism service, we had confetti everywhere, right? They literally vacuumed up the whole place, right? Little Lucas, little Mateo vacuumed up the whole place. They even left some in our cajon, the little drum box here, for a gift for later on, right? 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 Parents foster these things in our kids, right? Learn from our kids, Right? Maybe you have an elderly neighbor who can't do something. Send your kid over there, right? They'll love it, right? Teach your children the value of loving your neighbor, right? Teach your kids the value of service in the lives of all those around them. You know, I always, always teased that uh, my dad, uh, he never gave me an allowance. He just said, oh, that's what you get for being a part of the family and having the, the pleasure and the privilege of having a bed, right? I get that now, right? He was teaching me, right? He was teaching me, right? He made me wash the dishes for my mom just because I love her, not because I wanted some cash, right? Right? He modeled that, and we can model that in our kids. So as the band comes up here, church, we are literally forging our children. Teens, you are literally getting a jump start on this right now. And that's what's so great, right? It takes work. And sometimes it's really hard. I mean, teenagers, right? Woo, right? But listen, the goal is, like we said, kids who, who believe in God, who are forging their life on God before anything else. Right? And when we wake up someday and we see adults across from us, we know that they're not just another grown child right but they're fellow servants in the kingdom of God 
brothers and sisters, kids in the kingdom of God, and we know that they're forged. And so every sleepless night, every prayer that is just cried out to God in desperation, every worried late night when it's past curfew, it's worth it. Because we have a new brother and sister in Christ. We have an eternity that is promised together. Not just because of the work we did, doing these things, it's a part of it, but by the power of the Spirit of God. Now students, guys, you have the opportunity to forge your life on God in such a hard and deep way that we can't even imagine. You are going to have opportunities to, to really change the world. So do it, not by your power, but by the power of the Spirit of God, of forging your life on Him. Let's stand. Let's worship together with one more song here. And when the kids are out there, know that they're part of the family of God. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church right now with us. Worship together.